0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Welcome in to daily face off live your go to source for everything hockey live every weekday at noon eastern.
0: Welcome in to daily face off live buckle up hockey fans tell your families that you love them and that they won't be seeing a lot of you tonight 16 games on tap in the NHL for the first time ever and we are going to break it all down I'm Tyler Rumcheck and he is our NHL
2: insider for Rank Saravalli Frank how are you doing I'm good yeah uh, getting set for tonight I mean think about it if you live on the west coast this is perfect the left coast you start your hockey experience today at 3 in the afternoon and you can go to bed at 11 having watched all 32 teams in action.
0: It is, uh, yeah, quite something. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to be joined by Saad Youssef later on in the show to talk a little Dallas Stars. As always, the show is brought to you by Botano. 16 NHL games today you're probably going to want to go check out Botano. Maybe get some skin in the game. Botano.ca 19 plus. Please play it responsibly. We are also live on the daily face off YouTube where we are looking for your inbox questions. So drop them in with the hashtag AskDFO. But Frank, before we look ahead to tonight, let's take a look back at last night. Just one game on tap, and it saw the Montreal Canadiens take down the Buffalo Sabres. And it brings up some questions with this Sabres team. I went, dug into some of the numbers, and it's like, okay, Their five-on-five numbers are good. Their penalty kill has been good. But then I noticed their power play stinks. And then you look and Paige Thompson and Alex Tuck have only combined for two points. I look at everything that's gone on. Poor power play, couple star players not producing. Is it as simple as that? Once Thompson and Tuck get going, this team's going to start winning? Or are you sensing some underlying issues we maybe didn't think would be there early or to start the year?
2: Well, yeah, the lack of scoring and the power play trouble is definitely not something that I saw coming to this point. I thought this team would hit the ground running, especially with Tage Thompson hoping to get to the yet another level in his NHL career as a bona fide superstar. Um, That hasn't been there. Power play two for 21 to start the year. And I think maybe what's more alarming than all of that is. They've had a slew of home games, only one road game to this point. It was a close trip to the New York Islanders. And they played a few non-playoff teams from last year in this home stretch that sort of makes you scratch your head and say, if the Sabres are going to be a playoff team this year, which they really enter with expectations for the first time um, in a while, are they feeling the weight of those expectations early? And you've heard their coach and Don Granato continuing to preach process process and and i love that thought process but here's the thing um you you find yourself you know in short order here in the nhl based on the way it works you go even 6 and 12 out of the gate like the ottawa senators did last year and it's almost impossible to try and get yourself back into the mix so The Sabres have already at this point a lot of work to do, and I don't want to sound any alarms, but the fact that those guys haven't gotten going yet and Devin Levi has been a little bit banged up and they're asking a lot of a young goalie, you start to see things mounting early for Buffalo and you say, oh, this is not good.
0: Yeah, losses to the Rangers, Islanders, Flames, and Habs, and I think the issues are kind of compounded when you look at the standings and go, Okay, Detroit has won five games already. Ottawa is off to a pretty solid start. And I know, again, it's October 24th. No one's clinched a playoff spot yet. We're a long ways from that. But points are still points. Wins matter just as much now as they do in January, February, March.
2: Yeah, and look, the math becomes a lot more difficult. Um, Look, here's the real bottom line. The Sabres are the youngest team in the league this season. There's so many reasons to be excited. I love what they've built But they've got 13 goals in six games, and that's not going to cut it.
0: No, it will not. Sabres back in action tonight, obviously, because everyone is. We'll talk about that in our last topic here today. Uh, But on the line tonight, Frank, a very interesting and some would even call it obscure record, I suppose. Um, Let's flash up the board here so we can get a little visual of it. Most consecutive games with a short, handed goal Frank Logan O'Connor is going to have a chance to do that tonight one of those things that I mean Logan O'Connor obviously not a superstar player by any means but you almost like trip and fall into the record book if you're him only I mean there's a small group of players who've done it three times but he can tie Dave Reed tonight something pretty cool to keep an eye on
2: yeah it really is Um, this is something that you don't really think about hence why we call it obscure but to score three shorthanded goals in an entire season, you're like, oh, that's a great year. Someone really was active on their PK and and became a threat. But to do it four games in a row, that would be really something. So you see Mike Richards in 2009 with the Flyers, Joe Sackick, of course, uh, with the Avs. Mario Lemieux had done it in 96. But to get to that level with Dave Reed, I'm sure it's one of those records that you look at and say, four in a row. I didn't think anyone would be able to touch something like that. So Logan O'Connor has been able to utilize that speed. uh, And that's been a big difference maker for the abs As I think they've been one of the most exciting teams in the league to watch to this point. Um, They've got clearly as the way they entered this year with a chip on their shoulder, their undefeated run to start the year is on the line tonight with the two other ones. I have a feeling they're going to be the last team standing and this record would be a good way. Extending that would be a good way in terms of making progress on remaining undefeated. Wanted to throw another record at you. One that really hasn't been talked about much, but if Alex Ovechkin goes without a goal tonight, this would tie his longest ever stretch of consecutive games. 10 back to the five that he played last season to end the year without a goal.
0: Yeah, the OV slowdown is uh, something we talked a little bit about last week when he was obviously held off the shot clock in back-to-back games or off the board with shots. Um, yeah, that's something. taken on the Leafs tonight, no easy task either. Uh, just quickly to rack up, uh, wrap up the shorthanded goal talk, only 24 players last year scored three shorthanded goals on the season. Only nine got to four. The league leaders were Pedersen and Miller in Vancouver, who each had Five, I also wanted to put a bow on this, Frank. Is there an obscure record in the NHL that like when you read that, is there one you jump to? The one I always think of obviously being an Edmonton guy. Do you remember like 12, 13 years ago when Andrew Cogliano scored three straight overtime winners? Like the odds of three straight games getting to overtime is one thing. Never mind one team winning them. Never mind one guy scoring the winner in three consecutive. And the fourth game even went to OT. I remember we we talked with uh, Cogliano about this on the DFO rundown. And he talked about how he got a chance in the slot and fired it over the net. And the reason, he says, is because after the third OT winner, the Hall of Fame asked for his stick. So he gave it up, and he was using a new stick in
2: that game. It's it's all the Hall of Fame's fault.
0: Yeah, 100%. Also, a chance for me to plug what I believe is the most unbreakable record in all of hockey. It's nothing set by Wayne Gretzky, though. It's Glenn Hall's 502 consecutive games played. Like, we could very no easily chance. get to a point... Where there is some phenom in 50 years who goes and breaks Gretzky's record. It could absolutely happen. No goalie is ever playing five, no goalie's ever playing 50 straight games again, never mind 500.
2: It's crazy. And, and I also mentioned this with our 32 bold predictions. I bet you that Marc Andre Fleury, when he hits a thousand games in short order, is going to be the last goalie ever to get there. He like will be that. the fourth. And I, I I highly doubt that anyone gets to a Like, think about how long and how much you would need to play to get to a thousand games you know you're talking 50 plus a year for 20 years like that's it's not going to happen you'd have to break into the nhl at 20 or 22 and play for 20 years like it's just the days of playing 65 and 70 games are over
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i like that one as well uh all right frank a chance for me to well, try to make myself feel good. I'm going to try stump Sarah Volley a few times here okay. with two truths and a lie. Yesterday, we talked a little bit on the show about the launch of NHL Edge. We have a fantastic story up at dailyfaceoff.com, talking about the NHL's new stat tracking website. It's all available to the public. So I got three categories here. I'm going to throw your way. And for each of the categories, I'm going to give you three facts. You need to tell me which one is the lie. Simple enough, right?
2: Okay, let's go.
0: First one is high danger shots, Frank, and we are going to stay focused on the top five. Here are your three facts. There are two Maple Leafs in the top five. Jack Hughes sits third, and Andrew Copp is the lone Red Wing. Do you know which one is the lie?
2: That there are two Leafs in the top five?
0: Gavin, show us the board. Here's the top five. Two oh, Leafs, Frank, one and two. Jack Hughes, surprisingly not in the top five. He's a guy, he's off to such a great start. I assume personally he would be. How about Andrew Copp of the Red Wings? 12 high danger shots already on the year.
2: You know what's funny about this stat is like, it's one of those ones where you, you hear the stat and then someone would say, Austin Matthews leads that cat. You're like, okay, that makes sense. Yes. Hmm. Like, it's almost like this, this graphic and on NHL edge, it backs up what your eye is telling you that, yes, Austin Matthews gets a ton of high danger shots. And John Tavares, uh, I talked about this yesterday. He's, I, for my money, he's become one of the best net front players in the NHL. And he's really transformed his game over the last three, four years, five years from power forward to net front presence. And that's been a big difference maker uh, for John Tavares as he's continued to evolve throughout his career.
0: The one other thing that surprised me, aside from Hughes, I was like, okay, Alex Debrincat has eight goals on the year. Surely he has at least eleven high danger shots. It's crazy, but I mean, a guy like him does a lot of his scoring from the perimeter with his good shots. So another interesting thing that I found when uh, when looking at these numbers, the second one we got Frank is goalie themed high danger saves. Here are your three facts on the top five: Jonas Johansson leads the league. There are two goalies from Canadian teams in the top five. And Tristan Jari is on the board in the top five as well.
2: That there are goalies from two Canadian teams. Oh, Frank, I'm two for two.
0: I got you really good. Uh, Both Jacob Markstrom and Thatcher Demko slide into the top five. The craziest thing is that Jonas Johansson has the numbers are crazy.
2: Look how many more he has than anyone else.
0: The gap is, yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, I can't believe that. And it also, again, with Vasilevsky out, we thought they would be struggling between the pipes. Johansson has been pelted and somehow found a way to persevere through it.
2: I look, I I know that the lightning are a really talented team. I just, I don't know how long that can be sustained. It could be a great run to start and they seem to be really confident in him. And that's great. But seeing this much high danger, I, I don't think there's any goalie in the let's it's, it's 10 to 25% more than anyone else. It, you're, you're looking at a significant change at some point.
0: Yeah. Something uh, certainly has to give last one, Frank. Everyone loves hard slap shots so far this season. The NHL, I should say has been tracking how many have been at least a hundred miles per hour or more. So here are your three questions. Number one, Travis Sanheim is the only player to do it twice. Number two, only five players in the league have registered a shot of hundred miles per hour or more. And number three is that they are all defensemen. Which one of those three is the lie
2: that they are all defensemen.
0: Only four of them, five players haven't registered a shot. They are all D men one. I'm very happy. I should have made this easier. I was so nervous that you were going to pick me apart and I made them uh, and I made them too obvious, but, Travis Sanheim, the only player to do it twice. I'm surprised that like an OV or a Stamkos hasn't unleashed a one timer.
2: Yeah, and and look, reminder that we're in the first two weeks of the season, yeah. so that's why there's only been a total of uh, five 100 mile an hour shots. It's hard to do, um, and it's hard. It's it's one thing to tee it up in the hardest shot competition at All Star Weekend. It's another thing to do it. On a 1T or receiving the puck on a on a power play. So I think this is one of those eye-openers, though, you start to view players through a bit of a different prism. And, and Matt Larkin had a great story about this on on dailyfaceoff.com today, just highlighting the idea that I didn't realize that Travis Sandheim's shot was this hard, or that Quentin Byfield at six foot five and two hundred and thirty pounds skates so well for such a big guy. His speed is actually incredibly impressive when you break down the numbers. And so you probably look at Byfield's game and you say, geez, this is a guy that at at his draft position second overall and his stature on the team now this to start the year skating on the top line with Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe, his production hasn't been there. Three goals last season, five the year before that. And you're like, when's this guy going to break through? And now all of a sudden I'm looking at him and I'm going, hey, Quentin Byfield can really skate for a big dude. Maybe we should just be a little bit more patient.
0: Yeah, a bunch of interesting stuff. If you have some time, if you're looking to maybe kill some time at the office or something today, you can do it by scrolling through. All right, Frank, let's dig into the 16 games on tap tonight before we get to Saad Youssef. And uh, the two of us have shared our uh, top three That we're going to be watching the closest. You can see the full slate here on your screen. That is a lot of hockey. Kicks off with Leafs and Caps. Goes to Flyers and Golden Knights. Uh, Here are my three that I'm going to be watching. Uh, We can flash them up here. The first one is the Sabres and the Senators. I mean, you have it on your list as well. So I guess we can start there, Frank. It's a big moment for the Buffalo Sabres, I think. Like, you want these two points on the Sens. It's a four-point swing on October 24th. It's a big game.
2: It is. And look, this is a team that you're competing with. You should be jockeying with in the standings for, um, a prime position in, in the playoffs in the Atlantic division. So Sabres need to get on the board and the Sens are one of those teams that have had a good start and that they're going to be chasing. I understand why you're going to be watching the Oilers because you're an Oiler fan and continually drinking the Oiler Kool-Aid. No, I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, they're going to be without 97 tonight, and so it should be interesting to see how they respond. For me, we talked about Alex Ovechkin. It also helps that, yes, he hasn't gotten on the board this year, but he's facing the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's got 41 goals in 56 career games against the Leafs. It was actually 41 in 50 to start his career, and he hasn't scored in six straight against the Leafs. So uh, Alex Ovechkin looking to get on the board. You've got the Flyers who've had a good start. The, the Golden Knights have their undefeated start to the season, historic start to the season as defending cup champs on the line. And I want to see how the Calgary Flames look back at home. This will be just their second home game to, uh, to start the year. Um, they need to get things going. They need, they'd certainly need a better effort and work ethic.
0: Yeah, uh, we're going to talk with Saad Youssef in just a second about the Dallas Stars. They're taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins today, a Penguins team, Frank, that like also is weirdly facing maybe a little bit of pressure right now, like this Eric Carlson era is maybe not off to the flying start some we're hoping for.
2: Yeah, and I'm not really surprised because this is a difficult transition to make. It's a 100-point defenseman who certainly is used to playing a certain way, and you're trying to assimilate in him into a team. Mike Sullivan has hinted that, Uh, He wants to get more out of Eric Carlson defensively and thinks that he can do more. And there's there's a work in progress. This is a, a big piece to try and wedge into a team that for 17, 18, 19 years has mostly the core of it, especially on power play. One has been pretty similar and they know where each other are.
0: 16 games. It gets going at six o'clock Eastern, rolls right up until 11. There are three undefeated teams still in the NHL, and there is one team, the San Jose Sharks, looking for their first win tonight. So, no shortage of storylines at all, hinted at the Dallas Stars. Let's get to our big segment today. It's the All 32. The All 32 is delivered by DoorDash. Let DoorDash be your holiday hack. If you're running out of time to run errands, go grocery shopping, and cook a delicious meal for that gathering you agreed to host, it doesn't have to be this hard. DoorDash can help you out, get your groceries, meals, and more delivered right to your door. And for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. Just download the DoorDash app and enter the code Nation. 25 Sid Yusuf covers the Dallas Stars for the Athletic and first off before we get into the Stars Sod, what a great sports time it is in your area right now Texas Rangers punching their ticket to the World Series fans must just be buzzing
1: oh yeah and 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 it's the fall so you know it's always cowboy season when it's the fall and then on top of that you have uh the Texas Rangers in the World Series the Stars uh the Stars are uh you know one of the few teams left in the NHL without a regulation loss so they're doing they're off to a pretty good start and the Mavericks are about to get going with Luka Doncic and everything. So um, you're right. It's a, it's, it's, a buzzing time in the Metroplex for sure.
0: 3-0-1 to start the year and a big reason why has been the play of Jake Ottinger. His numbers are just absolutely out of this world. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you've seen from Ottinger, a guy who, I mean, some people would have had him in the Vesna conversation a year ago and now it looks like he better taking a step forward somehow.
1: Yeah, Jake, Jake Ottinger has a history of doing this where, you know, he, he goes into a zone and, and you know, most people nationally will will remember the Calgary series as that being the time, kind of time. And, you know, that's kind of become like a, a little moniker of Jake as, you know, it's Calgary Jake and stuff. So um, he goes into the zone, but he's generally been pretty good at, uh, anyways. Like he, he can elevate his game, but his his floor is also pretty good. And what you're talking about right now he's playing at some, he's playing some of his best hockey and it, it's a joy to watch because when you watch Jake Ottinger at his best, he's technically sound. He's moving around really, really firmly in the crease and, uh, and he's playing confidently and that's the way that he's playing right now. And um, you're absolutely right. I think it was after the third game, um, you know, I, that, that they beat the Anaheim ducks. And I, and I, that's exactly what I said. I said, the stars might be digging out of a o three and O hole if it wasn't for Jake Ottinger. And so um, yeah, he's playing absolutely phenomenal.
2: Saad, I want to ask you about Miro Haskin. And to, to me, his start to the year has been so incredibly impressive. You know, you look back to last year and, and his talent has been undeniable, uh, but you look at his offensive production, which exploded last year. He basically doubled his, his point total year over year and got to a 73-point range last year. This year, four in four to start. What what's clicked for him? What's enabled him to produce at the offensive end of the ice? The defensive end has always been sound, but offensively in a way that he wasn't in the first few years of his career. Well, the first thing is just opportunity, right? Because John Klingberg went out the
1: door last year. So Miro Haskin and elevated to the top power play unit. That was the first thing. Um, and, and the top power play unit was the number five unit in the NHL. And a big reason was Miro, but also you have Joe Pavelski, Rope Hens, Jason Robertson, and Jamie Ben on that top unit. So you're gonna collect a lot of points um, when that is the case. The other thing is I think Miro M- Miro has one of those things where he's he's a little too much of a team player sometimes. And I think he's learning that it's okay that to be a little selfish, and it's okay that to understand that not everybody is as talented as he is. I mean, we talk about this with Connor McDavid all the time. If Connor McDavid always made the right hockey play, he wouldn't always be on all these highlight reels because not, because not everyone can do what Connor McDavid does. And so Miro, I think, has taken some time to learn that, that he doesn't always have to make the exact right hockey play. He can sometimes take these chances that only Miro and can, and he's learned to do that on the offensive end, and I think that's taken his game to another level
0: if we wanted to nitpick and find some things that maybe haven't gone great in the first few games, one of them would be the production from Jason Robertson. Uh, what are you seeing right now with Jason Robertson? Is it something where teams are zeroing in on him a little bit more and he's got to adjust or is it just a six game slump that day or sorry, a small, now four game slump that Hey, it's the first four games of the year. So we're noticing it more.
1: Well, I think, I think when you look at Jason Robertson being a slump, I, you're probably referring to the lack of points and things like mm-hmm. that. But for me, when I look, and you're absolutely right, he is in a slump. But for me, the biggest indicator of that isn't the production; it's the fact that he's not getting shots on goal, and that is Jason Robertson's just absolute hallmark that he always does that. And when he kind of disappeared in the first two rounds of the playoffs last year, that was the biggest thing. He wasn't getting shots on goal, and it's not that he's not getting shots off. His shots are getting blocked, um, and and teams are figuring out that you know they if they want to play against him. <laughs> They have to play uptight against him, and they can, and and that's how they can take him away because he's not the he's not built like Ropey Hints where he has the speed and the skating to get away, get free, and create that. His thing is built on is on his raw ability to shoot, and so I think teams are figuring things out. But he is talented, and he's going to figure out a way to get out of it. This isn't the first time in his career that teams have figured him out. He's he's figured other ways to get around it. Um, I'm curious to see what this next way is going to be
0: Uh, just quickly before we wrap up we got a couple extra seconds you had a chance to chat with Wyatt Johnson you did a really cool story at the athletic sitting down and talking about some game film tell us a little bit about what you learned about Wyatt Johnson the player he
1: uh, you can tell he lives with Joe Pavelski I mean it it (laughs) is it's incredible how smart he is Um, and you know if you're you're referring to that piece I mean, when I watched that shift, I knew I wanted to break it down with Wyatt. But then when I was starting to talk to him and he's talking about how he's trying to take away passing lanes and blocking shots. And then the coolest thing was something I just tweeted out as well was just how like he literally used another player to shield himself from the other team so that they can't see him. And then he just pops out, picks up the puck and scores the goal right after that. I mean, he's an incredibly, incredibly smart player. And uh, you can, like I said, there's a lot of Joe Pavelski in his uh, hockey IQ.
0: Boy, wouldn't the Dallas Stars love if he's Joe Pavelski 2.0. Sod, appreciate you swinging by, man. Enjoy the big day of hockey.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag ask DFO. Trevor is in the YouTube chat, Frank, and he brought up Patty Kane again, mentioned how, you know, you previously said he's going to see how teams are doing before making a decision. So the question is, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much does a team's place in the standings affect Patrick Kane's decision?
2: Oh, I think it's pretty significant. Um, I'd say it's like an 8, eight and a half, nine. It's somewhere in that range he's not going to go to a place that doesn't have a chance to compete. And by compete, I mean, be in the playoffs. He's not, he's probably not going to pick a non-playoff team. So I don't know if that adds to the pressure for a team like the Buffalo Sabres trying to get in the mix. Does the hot start from the Detroit Red Wings and how they've scored goals? How much does that help? Uh, and the New York Rangers kind of just, you know, hanging around in the mix as they always are. Um, I think it's it's certainly going to be a big part of his decision. I doubt very much that he's signing for more than one year, um, especially with the cap going up. This is going to be a short-term, short-money deal. He's going somewhere for seven months or eight months with a chance to try and win a Stanley Cup.
0: Barra also hopped in our pal from overseas and asked, is a night like this heaven or hell for media personnel? I think it's great because we're going to have no shortage of storylines tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely think it it lends itself more towards heaven. Hell is like when you have a one-game slate and you got you to gotta invent stuff to talk about on the next day on Daily Face Off Live, but no shortage of stuff. And I think the only regret I have is, as you mentioned the other day, one, that it's on a Tuesday, and yeah. two, that it stretches so late. But I guess even if you're someone like a Flyers fan, you could watch the entirety of the NLCS Game 7 tonight and then... Right as soon as that's done, the puck is dropping in Vegas on the last game of the night for the Flyers. The only problem is you'll have to stay up till one thirty or two o'clock to see the end of it.
0: Yeah, if Game Seven goes well tonight, though, a lot of uh, Philly sports fans are they're calling it sick tomorrow, Frank. It yeah, matter. I was gonna
2: say I'm not I'm not sure that uh, going to bed early is gonna be a thing here. So. Sick.
0: 16 games on taps. So that means plenty available over on Batano. So let's get into what I like on tonight's slate, Frank, to kick things off. If you wanted to, if you wanted to, you could if, do if you in-
2: if you're not doing a 16 team parlay tonight, even for five bucks, are you a hockey fan? Seriously.
0: Yeah, so that's what I did. I picked either the total or the money line for all six games, and uh five dollars will turn into yeah, that's right. $84,899. Maybe it's my lucky night, Frank.
2: I uh, hey, look. I've seen crazier things happen. I yeah, mean, fun. you see you see some guys every Sunday, there's some wacky parlay for 130 grand that hits.
0: Yeah, uh, so uh, I mean, in all seriousness, there are a couple of spots I do really like on this big slate. The first one's the Vancouver Canucks as road dogs against the Nashville Predators. Rick Talkett's been on his group a little bit here, and I'm going to say they come out and respond. You know, one of the reasons I'm always hesitant to bet against Nashville is the presence of UC Soros. But with Thatcher Demko having been so good early on in the year, I'm not worried about the goalie matchup in this one, and I think Vancouver's a better team. I love getting them at plus money, so I'm going with the Canucks on the road as my first play. Up next, a little parlay: Dallas taking on Pittsburgh. I think this Dallas line is a little bit short. I actually thought it would be a little bit closer to what the Leafs are at minus 167. I think that's the fair price. So I'm taking Dallas and I'm taking Toronto, playing them together on the money line for a crisp little plus 191 parlay. And then a couple of player props for you. William Nylander averaging an assist a game. Elias Pettersson doing better than that early on in the season. I think Vancouver will score a bit. I think the Leafs will have no problem scoring tonight as well. Taking those two, playing them together, an assist each, plus 219, couple of juicy plus money parlays, and the 16-leger, Frank.
2: I mean, this is, you talked about heaven or hell for media. For Gambler, this is absolutely, this is hockey nirvana. So mm-hmm. excited for that.
0: Let's wrap up the show with a little bit of Garbage Time. It is brought to you by our friends at Wendy's and the new Survivor Pool that is coming to dailyfaceoff.com in the next week. Wendy's and their new obsession. It's the very real barbecue bacon cheeseburger. I've had it. It is fantastic. Enjoy the applewood smoked bacon and crispy onions as the cheese melts over the fresh, never frozen Canadian beef. And keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for that Survivor Game. That's coming soon. Frank, what do you got for Garbage Time?
2: So 16 games, all 32 teams in action. But what we won't see tonight is Leo Carlson, the number two overall pick, going head-to-head with Adam Fantilli, the number three overall pick for the first time ever. Bit of a surprise. A lot of people were expecting Fantilli to go number two overall. you want to see these two side-by-side in action. But the Anaheim Ducks are holding Leo Carlson out of the lineup for what they're calling a strength and development program. It's essentially a workload management program. The Ducks have played five games to this point. They're one and four, and Carlson has only appeared in two of them. This is all by design. No, he's not injured. He's not dealing or nursing an injury. And when you look at this, the first thing you kind of want to do if you're a hardened old-school hockey fan is say that this is crazy this is the nhl 82 game slate buckle up put your big boy pants on let's go i kind of want to see what happens here we've seen far too many 18 year olds enter the nhl look good to start and then hit a wall this is a big guy who a lot is expected from the ducks clearly are facing an uphill battle almost every night of the season with the roster that they're icing And I kind of like that they're taking their time to work their way into it for a guy that the most games he's ever played in a pro season before is 44. He will still, or is expected to play in most of the Ducks games this season, but this is a different path. This is a hard left turn than we're used to seeing for top prospects in the NHL. Before we knock it, let's try it.
0: If you include all of the international hockey and the playoff hockey you played last year. He did play 85 games. So I don't know. I, I think it's a little lame and it's probably just because I like the matchup. If this was a normal Tuesday and it was ducks Islanders, I probably
2: wouldn't care, but I'm like, God, head to head. Carlson Fantilli would have been fun to. That's what I was going to say is the problem is since it is scheduled, you could have picked another game to sit him out, at least give us something to talk about, to write about. And, it is a little disappointing and also kind of very on brand for Pat Verbeek and the Ducks.
0: All right, uh, to wrap things up, over to the YouTube where Joel says, my girlfriend just so happens to be out of town working on the night and there's 16 games on. Joel, let me paint a picture for you. feet up on the couch, bottle of Crown Royal nice and close by, take your phone, DoorDash some Wendy's. That's a
2: night. That's a night right there. You're not
0: moving. You're making a crater in that couch.
2: Dude, just all you need is get one of those couches with the toilet built in. You won't even have to get up. Perfect.
0: <laughs> I did not know those existed. Don't want to know that those exist, Frank. All right, 16 games on tap. Shout out to everyone who is watching along in the YouTube and on the Facebook. This was a lot of fun. And guess what? Tomorrow we're going to break it all down at noon Eastern time. We'll chat with you then.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Daily Face Off Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode.
0: That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear. And you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove
2: your puck prowess.